The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. The following episode has been brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and is sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Three. Tuned into the Navarro Miller Report, featuring the hottest in news, entertainment, sports, and all those topics for the mainstream audience. The Navarro Miller Report. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Navarro Miller Report. I'm your host, Dave Navarro. And I'm Jeremy Miller. I can't believe I'm on the side. Hi, hi. I'm looking at the camera right there. All right, cool. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody's having a wonderful Friday afternoon. I wanted to welcome everybody that's watching on TikTok as well. Hello, everyone on TikTok. I'm forcing Jeremy to be here on TikTok because you know what? I can. That's right. That's right. Do something. <laughs> Do something, bro. Be about it. Be about it, son. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry. Yeah, don't tempt me, boy. You don't want to see me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time, buddy. All right. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, everybody, and want to welcome everybody that's also watching here on our various platforms. We've got Meg in Tallahassee watching us on YouTube, JC on Facebook, and Deborah on YouTube as well. Welcome, everybody, and everybody else that's watching us right here, too. How's your day going, by the way, Jeremy? How's your how's your day's been going well? You know, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, I had to see you earlier, but you know, got I to meet a really why, got why to meet a really cool guy that you know uh that you introduced me to so you're good for something wow <laughs> eat it eat it big time no what made me laugh earlier was that horrible joke you made and then silence and then all of a sudden you hear Joni go <laughs> I start laughing out of nowhere that you Maybe only think it was a horrible joke because it was at your expense. Everyone well, else found it funny. She laughed mostly at my facial expression after you told me it. <laughs> that was actually kind of funny. I started cracking up when she started crying. I was like, really, Jody? Really? <laughs> She's just like dying. Oh, I got to love her. Love Jody. So as uh, as it would have it, have, have it is, I can't even talk right now. Uh, for those of you that don't know, since Jeremy does not have a TikTok, refuses to get a TikTok, will never get a TikTok, I force him to go ahead and sit here and watch TikTok videos so that he can react to them. See, I've I've had these videos. I've done these videos so many times, Jeremy. You'd think that you'd get on eventually just for curiosity's sake to go ahead and see how many crazy people there are out there. I don't need suck something else sucking up all my time. I know if I get on that platform, I'm just going to sit there for hours just scrolling, <laughs> finding crazy, funny stuff. I know it's probably a lot of fun, but I don't have the time for that. Uh, whatever, whatever. Well, this first video, well, as we all know, we are in the practically in the middle of September now. Halloween's just around the corner. So these gentlemen right here actually have... <laughs> they have a pretty good homemade costume that if you get some friends together 
would be genius. Go ahead, check it out. costumes i've seen so far <laughs> that is pretty brilliant that is pretty brilliant but i'm not sure how you present that costume at more than one home are you just going to wash all the cars in your neighborhood oh, i mean i would i would go ahead and set them up like right at the front door as people are walking in be like all right they need to be sanitized and washed real quick <laughs> and start having them like, go up to people and doing that <laughs> that's a pretty good one i am a big fan of good creative you know halloween costumes and that one was pretty tight oh yeah totally this next one now i don't know if you know this about me jeremy but i love languages i love learning new languages uh, it's one of my favorite things to do the more languages i learn the better it is for me to communicate with all different cultures this gentleman um is actually teaching us how to speak in chinese and the crazy part is i understood every single thing he said Go ahead and take a take a look. Learn Chinese in one minute. That's not right. Something wrong. Are you harboring a fugitive? Who you hiding? See me ASAP. Come here. Small horse. Tiny pony. Did you go to the beach? Why you so ten? I bumped into the coffee table. I banged my knee. I think you need a facelift. Chin too fat. It's very dark in here. Why so dim? I thought you were on a diet. Why you come ching? This is a towaway zone. No parking. Our second meeting is scheduled for next week. Why you come now? Staying out of sight. Laying low. He's cleaning his automobile. Washing car. Your body odor is offensive. You stinky poo. Great. Super. You are an idiot. You so dumb. <laughs> Weirdly, I understood every single word. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. I freaking suddenly know how to speak Chinese. It's awesome. I understood everything he said. <laughs> Are we giving this guy a pass because he's Asian to do something that completely racist? I mean, that's the only reason why I played it, to be honest with you. It's, like, it's coming from an Asian guy. So... I, mm, sorry, I'm not a fan of that one. You know, that dates back to a lot of the old, very stereotypical racist jokes that yeah. used to be running around and having worked with you know in china specifically and tried to actually learn some of the language for working out there and stuff like that that hits a nerve with me i i don't yeah. really find i got a wry smile out of me but i don't find that funny that's a little uh a little too well again it's again it's good again it comes from somebody that's actually asian that does uh, not they, make they, a difference they, they i mean you know if he gets a kick out of it i'm just like dude you're an idiot but i mean it was like you know <laughs> i'm like you're an idiot but it's just i don't know i can tell you all of my friends in china would not find that funny in any way shape or form and uh yeah i got a bit of an issue with that one right on well we got uh the next one right here this last one actually now i told you about this one i told you about this one when we went to the red carpet event uh, and, uh, the red carpet event right there, it was basically, uh, it was the dumbest argument 
in the world. Uh, and I, to- I think I told you about this, but you got to be the judge for yourself. I mean, this is the dumbest argument known to man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is Your family. Hold on. Her sister was a witch, right? And what was her sister? A princess. The Wicked Witch of the East, bro. <laughs> I'm going to stab him. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? She wore a crown and she came down in a bubble, dog. I'm not fighting with you. Grow up, I'm not fighting with you. Grow up. Get educated. The dumbest (laughs) argument known to man is the argument about whether or not the the Wicked Witch of the East was a witch or not. Or was it the West? Was it the East or was it the West? No, they were arguing whether the West one was a witch. Okay. And considering she was called the Good Witch Glenda, I say that kind of uh, <laughs> negates the argument. Well, but that's the thing, though, is that, like, a judging... Okay, so this same video made an appearance on Tosh.0. And they had the argument on Tosh.0. And basically, he said he really wasn't that aware of some of the stuff from the freaking movie. And he's like, oh, wait. So, wait a minute. So, she was actually a fairy, not a witch. She wasn't even a princess, really. He's like, dude, but she came down in a bubble. He's like, that doesn't matter. She's still the wicked witch of, or she's still the good witch of the West, I guess. So, it's just, it's just an argument that forever will stay with me because he thought that they were sisters. And they weren't sisters. They were rivals. What happened is that Dorothy fell on the sister. So that's that 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 was the argument right there. It's like, no, actually, she fell on the sister. Correct. So that's where it came from. Who was yeah. the original evil one? Exactly. So yeah, that was probably the dumbest fucking argument I've ever seen in my entire yeah, life. I gotta admit though, when I was around that age, especially because if I knew uh you know, a trivia fact like that to be true, and you sat there obstinately denying it. Oh man, I was not having that. So, uh, yeah, I was probably that stupid too back then. Yeah, yeah, I think we all are at some point in life. Well, don't even. I'm not even gonna. Don't even. I, no, that's a free I, one for you. It was too easy. I'm gonna that's let a free that. Free one for you. Can't get ahead and lob those too, easy ones too, for you right there. So that's low hanging fruit. That's not even a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to some weird and outlandish news. Uh, so we have a news report: cop versus cops. So this isn't even singular. It wasn't a cop versus a cop. It was a cop versus a bunch of cops. Jeremy. Yeah, this one was pretty interesting. Uh, and again, I, I'm sorry, Meg, but we're headed back to Florida. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> although this time it's Florida man, but it's Florida deputy. So a Florida deputy, 22 years old, was apparently clocked doing 105 in a 60 in his Subaru Impreza which if anybody's been around street racing or anything like that, you know, Subaru Imprezas are kind of prone to and are very easy to trick out and make them kind of speed racers, little, you know, very quick, tight handling. Mm -hmm. And yeah, this guy got clocked doing 105. They didn't know it was a deputy at the time. He led the police on a hours long chase reaching up to 130 miles an hour on the streets at times oh, man 
he slammed his vehicle into a median, uh, damaging some of his tires. Then after that, tried to ram his car multiple times into one of the other deputies. Oh. And then while he was being evaded, they had to pit him multiple times. But he was somehow miraculously able to avoid the pit maneuver. Yeah, because he'd been taught it. So he knew how to counter it. So when they finally got him stopped, the guy refuses to get out of his car, of course. You finally get him out. He's intoxicated. They ran, you know, breathalyzers and everything else. They ran mm -hmm. blood and urine. We don't have the results of those. But it turned out that, yes, it was a deputy who had recently been made a deputy. This guy oh, went through God. three years of probationary. He started in 2020 as a correctional officer deputy, uh, a probational deputy, mm -hmm. worked his way up and only just became a full-fledged deputy in April of this year. So less than three months, and this man's career is done. He's already been kicked off the force. There are varying reports as to whether he resigned or whether he was let go. But he is facing multiple charges, including felony evasion, uh, felony reckless speeds, felony attempted... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't know what the charge is, trying, to, trying to hit you know, a police officer, um, you know, all sorts of stuff. So 22 years old, and this guy has already flushed his career down the toilet. Mm. Mm. Well, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a fluent Florida man last time. Now I'm giving you deputy Florida man. You know, we're trying to at least keep it a little highbrow. Well, this one's a, this one's on a higher level already of Floridian, like of the Floridians right there. That's wow. That's just all kinds of bad. I mean, the guy just like said pretty much, yeah, screw my career. Yeah. <laughs> I can get away with this. Why not? Well, I'm a cop. As they said, they believe he was intoxicated. He appeared intoxicated. And, uh, you know, that probably led to some of the bad decision making. Jeez. Ah, you gotta love Florida. You really, really <laughs> gotta love Florida. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to look at some of the comments here. Uh, yeah, there, JC actually is saying, uh, work to get all that power only to blow it to test his ride, blockhead. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, we got another one. And this one, actually, we share this one. We have two shared ones on this one. We have two weird DUI stops that occurred. And uh, Jeremy, I'll have you take the floor. Uh, well, I'll let you lead it in with the with the Hot Wheels. Okay. So uh, there's some reports, actually. This happened in Indiana. Uh, that uh, And it actually happened last month where a man got, uh, you know, pulled over for a DUI stop while he was operating, get this, power wheels a power wheel little motorcycle and he was intoxicated mind you and they actually saw that he was a little bit inebriated and everything like that during the stop the uh indiana state police said quote showed signs of impairment <laughs> signs of impairment on a power wheel but i guess the guy he just uh you know he he was he had no he uh uh he says, you know, you can't like he told him, he's like, you know, you can't just drive these things down the road. He was actually driving them on the road. That's why he got pulled over. So he got arrested for a DUI stop because of a power. And the thing is, it happened last month. But the but the body cam footage was shown 
uh, today was released today. So top that one. Well, I got a little interesting one for you. In Merced, California, uh, just recently, a man was nailed for a DUI for riding his horse on the highway with an open beverage container. <laughs> Dude, guys, they're trying to get away with D with riding things under the influence that are not motor vehicles. Come on. Well, the fact is, honestly, most of the, you know, having having dealt with this, uh, I can tell you that the laws are anything that you are operating any sort of vehicle in any way shape or form that you are operating on a highway or main roadway so you can get a dui on your bicycle you can yeah, get I've a dui that. anything that is being operated on a main highway because again it doesn't matter if you're in a car or otherwise you can cause a lot of damage getting in the way of other cars i mean can you picture if that drunken guy yeah. driving the horse just pulled into traffic the horse dies cars get into accidents nope. people get hurt so you know you don't think about it you think it sounds funny but the fact is pretty much anywhere in the country i mean i've heard of guys back in the midwest who get duis on tractors yeah. because they took their <laughs> tractor out onto the highway and yep. had been drinking so yep. Anywhere in the U.S., any vehicle, any mode of transportation on the highways or main roads can get you a DUI. This guy was riding the horse with an open open alcoholic beverage container, which was a little bit of a sign to the cop who saw him. So, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, use your heads, folks. Just because you're trying to avoid getting behind the wheel doesn't mean <laughs> it's uh, a good idea. Doesn't mean that you're not going to get a DUI one way or another. <laughs> I mean, here in California, the rule of thumb is, is if they find keys in your ignition or on your person, mm -hmm. your car keys on your person, if they find that on you, you get a DUI for that. Even if the car is pulled over. One of the guys who was in uh, one of my DUI classes that I had to take, it's well known I had my DUI, um, you know, years and years ago. One of the guys that was there was washing his car in his driveway with a 40 on top of the car that he was sipping while he was washing it, had his keys in the car so he could be listening to the radio. And the cop needed his quota, whatever it was. He was just being, prick. the cop was being a prick. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, it's tech. I mean, by the letter of the law, the cop can do it, but that was a prick move. Yeah. And that's how this guy got his DUI. His so car stupid. was, he was washing his car in his driveway, sipping on a beer on a Saturday afternoon. But because the keys were in the ignition to keep the engine running or to keep the battery running so he could listen to the uh, radio. Yeah. The guy got a DUI. Unbelievable. So, you know, use your brains. These are the laws, folks. And if a cop's in a bad mood, even if you think it's a small thing, they can light you up for it. So unbelievable. We got some people on the uh, on the stream right now. Uh, we have Larry saying uh, not to mention you could get in trouble just walking home drunk for public intoxication here in Texas. Same law applies here in California as well. Uh, Derek is saying in our county in Ohio, DUI have been given to people on lawnmowers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Any operation of a almost any type of vehicle. It's amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. People you don't just don't, don't drink and don't, don't drink and leave your home. Don't <laughs> drink and get behind the wheel of anything, whether it be a horse, Hot Wheels or otherwise, just don't do it. <laughs> Call a friend, get a ride. 
Uber, you know, that. something. There's rideshare. There's a lot of options now. I Just literally can't believe it. I had to say that. I literally can't believe I had to say that right now. Yep. Oh, my God. In other weird and outlandish news, couple gets caught getting freaky. What's this about, Jeremy? <laughs> so we have a couple who was flying from London to Ibiza in Spain. And uh, they were busted by one of the flight attendants. Apparently, they didn't lock the door when they decided to try and join the Mile High Club. Uh, there is actual footage from the other passengers. Um, you can kind of see a little of what's going on as the airline attendant opens the door, who embarrassingly turns away very quickly. They're escorted out of there after, I suppose putting their clothes on or pulling their pants up. And when the flight landed in Spain, they were met by authorities because there is a law, although it is not illegal to have sex on a plane, there is a sexual indecency uh, law in the UK that states you cannot have sex in any bathroom that is open to the public. Hmm. So... Hmm. What I'm wondering is, would they have been fine just sitting in their seats and doing it? Um, <laughs> if they, if they, I'm just, I'm curious. <laughs> if there's no law against having the sex on the plane, and yet it's sexual indecency to have done it in the bathroom, um, I'm kind of wondering where the uh, gray area is. There. I'm sick and tired of these motherfucking freaks on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if they were actually charged with anything. They they don't have any reports yet as to what the outcome of that was, mm -hmm. if the officers cited them, arrested them, or otherwise. Uh, I would be willing to bet they were probably given a stern warning, a small ticket, and let on their way. But <laughs> uh, just food for thought, folks. If it's starting, if the flight is starting in the UK, registered with the UK airlines, or landing in the UK... You might not want to push it and try the uh, mile high trick. So I guess I guess the couple didn't get any hard time. <laughs> I knew you were. I knew you were going to go for the cheap one. You knew that was. You know that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, help me, folks! Why did I bring this up? <laughs> you didn't bring it up. They did. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Okay, on that, note, on that note, we got some entertainment news coming out for you guys. But first, a word from our wonderful sponsors. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Yeah. Still makes me probably, chuckle. I know, right? They're like just like trying to like get through there. They're like, get, let me in, let me in, you know. Ah. Anyway, sorry. So <laughs> huh? They're so disgusting. They're so disgusting. Oh my god. Anyways, uh coming in. Um <laughs> coming coming out. That's funny. JC actually just uh messaged right or just uh sent a message right now from that last joke. Dave Navarro three times with the low-hanging fruit or high soaring, depending on your POV. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't. I love our audience. Anyways, in some entertainment news, as we all know, Drew Barrymore made an announcement last week saying that she was going to go ahead and film or shoot her brand new season, her next season of uh, the Drew Barrymore show, uh, taking all responsibility for everything. And of course, she got a lot of backlash because we, there's still the WGA and the SAG strike going on currently right now. Uh, but afterwards, she decided to go ahead and create a video apologizing, a very emotional video apologizing for having to do this. Uh, in the video, she said, quote, I believe there's nothing I can do or say in this moment to make it okay. I wanted to own a decision so that it wasn't a PR protected situation and I would just take full responsibility for my actions. I know there's just nothing I can do that will make this okay for those it's not okay with. I fully accept that. I fully understand that. There are so many reasons why this is so complex, and I just want everyone to know my intentions have never been in a place to upset or hurt anyone. It's not who I am. I've been through so many ups and downs in my life, and this is one of them. I deeply apologize to the writers. I deeply apologize to unions. I deeply apologize. I don't know exactly, I don't, I don't know, exactly know what to say because sometimes when things are so tough, it's hard to make decisions from that place. So all I can say is that I wanted to accept responsibility. And no, I don't have a PR machine behind this. My decision to go back to the show, I didn't want to hide behind people. So I won't. And I won't polish this with bells and whistles and publicists and corporate rhetoric. I just stand out. I'll just stand out there and accept and be responsible. Uh, there's a huge question of the why. Why am I doing this? Well, I certainly uh, couldn't have expected this kind of attention. She goes on to like, you know, continue on with uh, with everything else. Now, obviously, she feels sorry for what happened. She got a lot of backlash because and the Writers Guild of America sternly told her you cannot like any writers for this show will be in like direct violation of our of, of the Writers Guild. So she can't use writers, obviously. But, I mean, the, when she first made this decision, it was more so for the fact of the matter that she wanted to go ahead and, you know, do something for the public, show something happy, something good, something positive. But unfortunately, it is a backlash towards her. Now, Jeremy, you, you've, you know, you briefly knew Drew, you know, when you were younger and everything. Um, obviously, I, I don't know her personally, but I could imagine that she's actually a really sweet person that wouldn't do any harm to anybody. I haven't known, you know, Drew in a long time. I think the last time we saw each other was 20 years ago. But everything I know about her from before and from friends who've worked with her is that she is one of the most caring, you know, people around in Hollywood. Uh, it's a difficult position for her to be in. Let me state that I do not agree with her decision to go back. Um, I think that that is kind of a slap in the face to her writers mm -hmm. and the people who have helped make, you know, her career what it is. And, you know, especially this show, writers are so important for talk shows. And yes, you can just wing it and go without the writers, but, you know, you're basically giving them the middle finger. Now, like I said, it's her show. She's got the responsibility. So she's also responsible for the cameramen and mm -hmm. the set decorators and all the people in the background who aren't making money. And maybe she felt obligated to them to get this going again. 
um, you know, it puts her in a very tough spot. I can't speak to what her, you know, reasoning for coming back and not supporting the writers is, but I, I cannot imagine in any way that it was done for a selfish reason. She mm -hmm. has never, I have never heard anything about her being, you know, a me, 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 you know, the instant backlash was, oh, she's doing this. Her brand's more important than this and her, that's not her. Okay. That's, that's from everything I know from the person I knew years ago, that is not her. If she made this decision out of anything, it's probably, you know, trying to look out for the other people who depend on her show for a living. And um, again, I don't agree with the decision. Like I said, everybody's being hurt. Everybody, makeup artists, hairstylists, everybody's being hurt by this strike. But, you know, writers are incredibly important. The actors are incredibly important. And, you know, I, Jimmy Kimmel shut, you know, shut down and all these different people shut down. Um, Bill Mars going back. That doesn't shock me because he's been talking shit about yeah. the, the Writers Guild. We talked about it last week. And, you know, Bill Mars has turned into a moron. Um, mm -hmm. he's gotten, you know, he's the grouchy, crotchety old guy um, who's just pissed off about everything. But I don't agree with it. I'm sorry. I support the writers. I support the unions. I'm sorry. I've been a part of SAG since 84 or 83. You know, I, I, I support our unions. And it's incredibly important, you know, that we all stick together. So I don't agree with her decision. But I can tell you that I don't think it came from a negative place or a selfish place. Well, let's go ahead and talk about it from uh, a different perspective here. As you as a as a, a for as a recovering uh, that are in recovery, a person that's in recovery, you know how much of this backlash could push Drew over because she's in recovery as well. So mm -hmm. how could this actually affect her mental state, her emotional state, to like maybe have her fall off? I'm not going there. Um, that is not. We don't speculate on somebody else's uh, you know sobriety or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, any added stress is always an issue for people who are in recovery, mm -hmm. but I can sp only speak for myself. You know, I'm going through this right now with, you know, the strike times are tough. I've had to pass on projects. I've had multiple projects. I was supposed to be filming right now. I mean, it's, we're in the, in the months where I was supposed to be filming three different independent films mm -hmm. and it's not happening. That's definitely, you know, put a hit on my bank account and on everything else. It's tough. I'm not struggling. Why? Because I've done the work of recovery. You know, I'm not sitting here going, oh, God, I need a drink or, oh, I'm so stressed. I want to just it's it's not like that. You know, I, I've done the work of recovery. Is there always a chance you can slip? Of course. But the fact is, if you are. Physical, I mean, we talked about this a little beforehand, physical mm -hmm. sobriety is just one small, small part of getting sober. Mental sobriety, emotional sobriety goes hand in hand with physical sobriety has to come first. The work you do afterwards is where you get the mental and the spiritual and emotional sobriety. And if you can really work towards those things and have achieved that in any way, life crises like this become much easier. True. And uh, we got uh, Deborah, actually, she she pretty much uh, agrees. Uh, she says, I've been through rehab, recovery, A, and A, and it's tough. 
We mm-hmm. and you know keep all keep but keep it up though, Deborah. Keep it up. Definitely keep that Absolutely. up. Um, well, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a tough right now. It's a tough time for everybody. Every actor, every producer, director. You know, it's a tough time for everybody to make these types of decisions. It's not easy. Um, you're always afraid yeah. what, what what would happen if I cross that picket line. You know, how much backlash am I going to get? You know, I will throw this in there right now. This is part of why they're dragging it out. This mm-hmm. is the why the you know the producers and the AMPT whatever it's called. I can never remember the entire acronym. Um, this is why they're doing it. They want us to turn on each other. They want people to start crossing. They want us to start fighting. The whole point of this is we have to stick together. We are only as strong as we are if we stick together. And the more and more people that start doing this, the more people who cross the picket lines, the you know, the more this becomes a pointless exercise where we're not going to get what we want out of this in the end. We're not going to find a compromise because they're just going to stick it to us. Agreed. Agreed. So keep on sticking it out there, people, as much as you can. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens with Drew Barrymore in the future after all this. Another person that has receiving backlash, obviously Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis have received major backlash from a lot of organizations. A lot of people uh, are wanting to cancel both of them for them sending letters uh, as, as a way to, uh, to ask for clemency or, or leniency, I should say, uh, for Danny Masterson during, uh, during his, uh, his, uh, his sentencing, uh, after being convicted, uh, tried and sentenced for rape, uh, Ashton has been forced to step down from his own organization as CEO. Uh, according to TMZ.com, it says right here, Ashton Kutcher is stepping down as chairman of the board at the anti-child sex abuse organization he started with his ex-wife, Demi Moore. It's the latest blowback from a letter of support he wrote for Danny Masterson. Now, this, I think, not surprised that this is going to happen. I mean, but at the same time, and we talked about this last week, the fact of the matter, they sent a letter for somebody who they thought they knew. Uh, they were asked to set to to write this letter by family you know saying that hey you guys are good friends with him you know him you know he's not a bad person you've known him knowing the person personally is different from you know knowing the person you know that 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 other person that got convicted they don't they don't know that 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 danny they knew this the the danny that was friends they know the danny the father danny the husband they knew that danny the friend so, you know, and that's why they wrote the letters. And it's just, it, you know, now they're getting massive, massive blowback from, from, from even from them writing letters. I don't know. Was the letter supposed to be anonymous? I mean, they, I, in my opinion, they should have kept that anonymous. Well, I don't know if the actual letter was ever published, but this was an open case. So if letters and things were submitted, that that's entered into the trial into the case so that becomes public record there's no way to keep that out unless this was a a closed trial where the records were kept sealed mm-hmm. so from day one this was never going to be a closed trial it was too much publicity on it and anything that was contributed to it was going to be fair game so you know i think it's <sighs> It speaks to a lot of different things. You know, the fact that they were willing to try and stand up for a friend is one thing, but ignoring the fact that he was convicted mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, the letters were for the sentencing part of it. 
-hmm. this was had nothing to do with the he was already found guilty at this point so i don't for me i don't care if you already if you know this other guy or or whatever he's been convicted of this horrific crap uh, and then you're gonna you're gonna defend him i i, I don't i I struggle with that. As I said, I, I had an opportunity to be asked to write a, you know, character letter for someone once. This was before the trial. This he was he had not been, you know, convicted of of that crime at this point. Uh, had had he been convicted, and I was asked to write a letter asking for leniency, it never would have happened. There's no prayer. That's just me. Um, it, it's a really rough situation. It's not a shock that he stepped down. Um, he was most likely forced out considering, you know, if he's on the board, there are other board members and that's a, not exactly a good look for an anti, you know, sexual abuse organization. Well, I mean, uh, JC actually had something to say about that. He says, uh, people change over time and you can't know everything about everyone in your life. They wrote the letters based on the person they knew. There was bound to be blowback and common sense says they needed to think about that before proceeding because in essence, they caused whatever they're put through now in uh, the aftermath. So, I mean, yeah, it's that is that is true. And I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know, maybe maybe some ways, shape or and I'm not trying to defend them by any means at all. But what I'm thinking here is that maybe they're thinking that you know, that, that verdict was bogus and, you know, they know Danny would never do something like this. And maybe that's what they're thinking. That's what they were thinking. That was their thought process when they wrote the letters and saying, this is not Danny. That's just not like they were in denial. Like they were probably in denial thinking this is impossible that he couldn't have done this. You know, it's possible. Um, <clears throat> again, they should have really thought this out a little yeah. further. It does say something in a way that they were willing to stand with a friend and being somebody who's been through recovery and has seen people come back from the brink of hell. And I mean, I've heard stories about horrific behavior. I've seen people actually change. I've seen people who were horrific people who had hurt people in the past who have done a complete 180 who are, not that person. I've seen true change. It does happen. Mm -hmm. um, but again, asking for leniency for something that has already been, con it's just a really touchy, really delicate situation. I mean, does somebody deserve leniency for a horrible crime because they've turned their life around? That's a debate we could go on for hours and hours and hours. Sure. I mean, does somebody who, you know, was a murderer who got away with it, you know, and then changes their life around and gets found 25 years later. Do they deserve some sort of leniency for having changed? Do they deserve some sort of consideration for that? Or because they committed one of the most heinous crimes, do they deserve to be held to that state? It's, it's a debate that could go on and on and on. Well, I mean, as it stands, they're paying the price for that debate that they had. So, I mean, that personal like debate that they had. And I don't think this is the end of it. I honestly think that they're going to like get receive even more backlash because I, I, I think I it's mean, inevitable that the, the backlash even, will continue. Um, I mean, there was just, even, there was, there was even videos. There was even videos that somebody posted uh, on social media going dating back to when Mila was 14 
and Ashton was like 17 or, or no, he was like 20 and they had to kiss each other. And there was a video showing uh, Ashton and Mila just joking about how him and Danny had a bet that, you know, like in the first kiss, they would, he would go ahead and give her the tongue or something like that. And Mila would just laugh about it. So would Ashton, you know, and then afterward, the comment section was just insane. They were like, yeah, they were three cut from the same cloth. All three of them were cut from the same cloth. I wouldn't go that far. I really, really wouldn't go that far. But it's examples like that that people are posting on social media saying that that's why they wrote the letter because they all think exactly the same. Pretty much. That's that's what they're that's what they're insinuating with these videos. It's people making a rather large uh, leap. You know, if if someone from the set you know, someone who was there every day came out and said, no, there was a lot of inappropriateness going on. These were all people who were behaving, you know, in a in a negative way when it comes to underage and all that kind of stuff. If somebody who had firsthand knowledge was to come out, that's one thing. But digging up small clips that can be taken out of context or can be, you know, twisted around to fit any narrative you want, um, you know, I'm not going to jump into that stuff. Uh, we had plenty of stuff on our show that was would not be considered even remotely close to okay by today's standards. Uh, and at the and I'll tell you right now, there wasn't anybody on our set who had an issue with it at the time. So, you know, you can look back in hindsight, you know, with today's glasses, but you can't evaluate things from a totally different era, a totally different time by today's you know point of view it, it just doesn't work like that well as it stands uh that's just uh this is just one organization one of possibly many that ashton's gonna have to go ahead and give up uh after the after this blowback so we'll just see what happens after that in other entertainment news britney spears breaks up with her short-lived relationship to paul richard solis now this this is the weirdest relationship, I swear. Something's wrong with her. This guy, allegedly, for <laughs> the look on your face like, hello? <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> Where's the surprise on that one? Um, <laughs> apparently, this gentleman was, I guess, her housekeeper, in a sense. Um, and she had a little bit of an affair with her housekeeper. Now, I don't know if this is the the man that, uh, that uh, Sam was accusing her of britney cheating on with i don't know for sure if that's the case but he was a man that shortly after the divorce was the first person that britney went with and according to sources according to sources your favorite word uh they're saying that the reason why she was with him is because she felt safe with this guy now <laughs> this guy, this guy's got a little bit of a rap sheet let me tell you um According to some some uh, insiders, they say that Brittany and Paul have gone their separate ways. It was a short-lived romance, but nothing serious, and they're no longer together. So, you know, pretty much it was a rebound. Now, uh, Solis actually spoke to uh, Us Magazine about his connection with Britney Spears. And let me just tell you this. Right now, according to, uh, to, to Yahoo.com, it says, Solis has previously been charged for multiple misdemeanors, including disturbing the peace, child endangerment, and driving without a license, in addition to felonies for possession of a controlled substance for sale 
of possess and possession of a firearm according to records obtained by us now uh he went like he went ahead and had uh i guess uh, he had um an uh, uh, a court date or something like that and they asked her about his relationship with uh britney and he says she's a phenomenal woman she's very very good positive she's a good person i just don't get it dude like honestly i was just thinking about this the other day i was like i swear if britney were to come up to me and say, hey, you know, let's go on a date. I'd be like, hell no. One, because you're a man-eater. Like, you will seriously chew me up, spit me out, and that'll be the end of us. I mean, <laughs> that'll be the end of it. Secondly, I mean, the sex would probably be amazing because you're freaking wackadoodle, but that's beside the point, okay? You're a wackadoodle at the end of it. So, yeah, no, I just, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I don't really get it either, but at the same time, if he was, you know, kind of running her place, uh, whether it was, you know, cleaning up or taking care of, oftentimes people who have estates like that have estate managers, people who run all of their cooks and gardeners and cleaners and things like that. I don't know what this guy was to her, but it's obviously a rebound type, you know, relationship or whatever. Again, I... <clears throat> she's she's got a lot of issues i hope she you know is getting a little bit of help working through all this stuff i mean going through whatever she's been going through with sam you know her ex is i it's all hearsay at this point you know she's trying to put out that he was just using her and he was putting out that she had cheated i'm not gonna listen to all that he said she said bs all i can say is i hope she's doing okay mentally a lot of what we're seeing looks like she's been awful manic lately and I hope that doesn't continue to get worse. But, you know, all we can do is kind of watch and see where this goes from here. Somebody needs to, like, slip her meds in her drink. A lot of her meds in her drink, because I think she's a little off of it. But that's that's beside the point. Again, welcome, everybody that's following us on TikTok as well. Uh, when Nation's saying uh, she's laughing at the whole housekeeper thing. <laughs> I mean, that's so classic, you know, that is so classic for the person of the house to get with the housekeeper. But this time it's in reverse. This time it's not the male going with the with the housekeeper. Now it's a female. It's like, well, who's the boss? There you go. So <laughs> She's bringing the classics back, baby. <laughs> we got some sports talk coming for you, including, uh, well, I mean, WWE layoffs we'll talk a little bit more about this right after this i'll be right back listening to stuff has never been so enjoyable if you had the misfortune to have been born after 1990 then you missed out on a lot of cool stuff then is now podcast is here to remedy that join rigor and his dedicated band of rotating hosts as they tackle pop culture of the past and how it relates today from celebrity interviews to film and tv discussion and beyond then is now podcast brings you up to speed on all the cool stuff that you should know about. Plus, the East meets the West. If you enjoy movies that have lots of shooting and fighting, then there's a whole world of films out there that you don't even know about. Join our hosts on a journey as they discuss the amazing kung fu films of the Shaw Brothers and Western films made in Italy that have become known as Spaghetti Westerns. Action, adventure, kung fu fighting, both shows and more can be found at havenpodcasts.com. Warning may cause nostalgic feelings and eliminate boredom. Ah, Spaghetti Westerns. <laughs> it always cracks me up every time I see that commercial. I just It makes me want to actually go and watch some of these movies. They're like so, they're classics. Spaghetti Westerns are really kind of uh, 
they're really amazing in their own way. You know, if you're looking for a John Wayne, good old American Western, it's not for you. But if you were more of a Clint Eastwood, yeah. you know, Sergio Leone who did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and all that, those were classic spaghetti westerns. Oh, they yeah. have a real feel. They, they were really considered have, spaghetti? Huh? They were considered spaghetti westerns? Good. Was, they were all done by Sergio Leone, the Italian director. He, he had made his bones in the spaghetti western so it was done in that style so if you've seen good the bad and the ugly uh fistful of dollars um you know a few dollars more those were all done in the spaghetti western style i love them too those are like oh, those are great my films dad, my dad got me into those for the longest time i loved all <laughs> of clint eastwood's movies those are freaking great yeah definitely a good i got it like that's a definitely good podcast for everybody that loves those types of uh those types of movies and tv shows and stuff like that so we recommend that one now moving on to some sports this past monday was the last monday that wwe owner vince mcmahon had complete control over his brand uh they went ahead and wwe it was pretty much merged with william morris endeavor and the ufc and William Morris never owns now majority control of the WWE. What does that mean? Well, uh, a lot of things. It could mean a lot of things. But one thing that it's so far it has meant are layoffs. There have been layoffs going on uh, since this happened. This according to WrestlingInc.com. Uh, one of the inevitable consequences of any corporate merger, be it Disney and Fox, Comcast and NBC Universal, or indeed now WWE and UFC, is the large spending cuts to follow. Sadly, labor costs are typically seen as one of the largest expenses on the balance sheets, leading to a reduction in staff where redundancies now exist in the new company. Leading up to the completed merger between WWE and UFC, there was a good deal of apprehension in the WWE offices about coming layoffs. Today, a number of WWE employees were let go from their positions. So it's already starting to happen. Now, this was like we all knew. I mean, this can't be a surprise that this was going to happen, especially since William Morris Endeavor owns 50, like I think they own like 51% of the WWE, which means they control it, they're going to want their employees to pretty much take over at this point. Uh, it, I don't know. This this is a merger that had to happen, especially after all the controversy that, that happened with Vince McMahon, all the sexual harassment allegations, all the payoffs, everything. Vince had no choice but to sell and sell the majority stake to a huge reputable company such as William Morris Endeavor. So, I mean, what are your thoughts, Jeremy? Well, let me ask you something. If you took over a company and the majority of the people who'd been working there had gone along with bribery payoffs and sexual harassment and violence against people and all this other stuff in the workplace, we're not even talking about what was going on on camera. We're talking about in the workplace behind the scenes. Wouldn't you start cleaning house and trust your own people more than you would trust those? Yeah, no, I agree. So, I agree. you know, anytime you have, I mean, this wasn't a hostile takeover in that he agreed to sell. It was going to have to happen. Um, but anytime you have that happen, yeah, they're going to want their people installed, the people they trust, the people they know. And, uh, you know, everybody else will get evaluated and they'll see if they get to keep their jobs. That's just 
how this kind of thing works. That's just how that's just how the cookie crumbles at this point. I mean, a lot of people are also fearing the this this type of merger, how much it's going to change the WWE dynamic. Uh, some people are saying, will UFC fighters go to the WWE and do wrestling type of things? Will WWE fighters or wrestlers go to UFC and maybe, you know, go one-on-one for some real fighting? I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions. I doubt that's going to happen, to be honest. Like, Dude, Brock Lesnar was a one-off. Ronda Rousey, you know, though. Again, Ronda went the other direction, though. Well, she Bobby went. Lashley. Bobby Lashley did, but Bobby Lashley was already a beast when it came to wrestling and all that kind of stuff. If you come from a pure wrestling background, I mean, look at Brock Lesnar. The man was a was a champion in college, actual old school, regular wrestling, NCAA, all of that. So he has the natural background. You know, he's not just a guy who messed around with this and this and learned to become an entertainer. Um, again, no, you know, absolutely no knock on The Rock, but The Rock was not trained in wrestling. You know, he was a, a football player. He was all of this other stuff. He hadn't he was not a wrestler. He was not a combat martial artist, but he learned to be an entertainer. He learned to be the most electric man in, you know, get it right. The most so shut up. Fine man in sports and entertainment. <laughs> but that's the truth. So not that I love the rock, but you never saw him going, Oh yeah, I'm going to go to UFC and, yeah. you know, get it on with these guys. That's not happening. Most yeah. of the guys in the WWE are not fighters. I mean, can they fight? I wouldn't want to get in a ring with them. Well, I mean, you have a, you have a perfect you know? example. You have a perfect example in CM Punk. Well, exactly. CM Punk, who was, you know, kind of at the top of his game in the in the WWE, was considered quite a performer, had a lot of skills, gets to, you know, mix martial arts and just never really does anything. You know, just puts he on lost. Some mediocre he, performances. He, he, didn't win one, he didn't win one fight. Not one fight did he win. I know. And there was all the BS that kept going with it, with him like rescheduling stuff and he wasn't ready for fights and shows and it's just, it's a whole different ballgame. It really is. I'm not saying wrestlers aren't tough. We all know the stories of the injuries these guys go through, you know, the the things they have to do, especially during the extreme era, all that kind of stuff. These are some tough guys. But you go in against somebody who is a trained killer, somebody who is trained to put you out as quickly as possible. You know, that's a different story. It is. I'm sorry. And I mean, at the end of the day, these guys, the, the, the upside to this could also be more opportunities for a lot of these wrestlers to like maybe go into mainstream movies and things like that. Because, I mean, you're represented now by William Morris Endeavor. So that's a pretty big deal for a lot yeah. of these wrestlers. There's um, a lot of opportunity there, especially for, you know, people to be seen more. Um, you know, it's hard to go from wrestling to acting. I mean, Rock is one of the few who did it really well. Uh, Piper, Piper did it in a couple of, you know, a couple of good films where he Hulk actually Hogan. got a lot of praise. <laughs> Hogan sucked. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was I, I, Hogan was awful in just about every, you know, film that he he did. And so is um, John Cena a little bit. I mean, but the only time I like John Cena John has was- gotten better. Well, I liked him in that uh, DC freaking, uh, I can't remember the name. In the uh, show, he's playing yeah. uh, 
uh, I can't. JC Strickland, I know you're there. Go ahead and tell us what movie. Come on, JC, help me here. What, what TV show? Peacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker, there you go, that one. Yeah, no, what he's done a great job. Show? But if you watch like his early stuff where basically he was doing movies that were produced by WWE. Yeah. If you watch his first couple of films were produced by them. They were trying to get him out there as this next rock, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of personality and he just didn't have the ability acting wise. He's gotten better. He really has. Yeah. If you watch the stuff he's done more recently, he has been working on his acting ability, on his performance and he's he's gotten a lot better. I really like a lot of the stuff he's been doing. He's good at being self-deprecating. He can be very funny. He, you know, he can pull off a little bit of seriousness. Now, um, Hogan never achieved that. You know, I think Hogan's ego made him think, you know, I'm just amazing and I don't need to work at it because I never saw any improvement there. Honestly, his best his best one was probably Rocky three. Yeah. And that was the first appearance. Everything after that was just downhill. So oh, yeah. no, it was all bad. And then JC saying, Jeremy beat me to it. I was writing it as he said it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I had to get quick before JC got me. <laughs> JC's on top of it, man. Oh man. Well, we'll see like what this merger means as far as the platform goes for WWE. And we'll just have to wait and see how it moves forward. Uh, in other sports news, as we all know, Aaron Rodgers had a very, very, very extremely short time with the Jets this season. And man, the memes, oh, the memes, they were just like dogging on him. I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and poke fun at the fact that he got injured that I, I would never want anybody to get injured. That's bottom line right there. But what did I tell you? The jet New York jets is the place where quarterbacks go to die. I well, said that especially Green Bay quarterbacks, especially so. Green Bay quarterbacks. And now Jets are out. They have no quarterback at this time that, you know, well, no big. Well, they have a quarterback, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers. And actually, Rodgers went on the Pat, Mac, Pat McAfee uh, podcast uh, actually addressing. He actually just received surgery. Surgery went well. Everything's fine. But, you know, he actually said on the Pat McAfee show that it's pretty much confirmed that he will be back. And, um, you know, the problem here is that he wants to shock people. What does that mean? According to what he kind of insinuated is that he's going to try to push himself as much as possible in recovery. The problem here is Aaron Rodgers is not young anymore. He can't push himself like that because he could go ahead and possibly re-injure himself. And we all know Aaron Rodgers loves to just push that envelope to get up there and get going. That's a problem because he could cause re-injury if he pushes himself too much. So he's saying that he wants to go ahead and push the envelope as much as possible. Can this be more detrimental to him at his age? Absolutely. Um, I think that's more talk than just about anything else. This is not a broken ankle. This is not a torn ligament in his, this is, he, he tore his Achilles tendon, mm -hmm. tore it clear in half. Basically, oh, let yeah. me tell you a little quick story. I had a hookah fall off a counter and shatter on the back of my leg. A small mm. sliver of mm. glass went into my Achilles tendon. Oh. I couldn't stretch that to take a step for almost three months. A tiny sliver had just gone in. Mm. Okay, he tore it completely. It's one of the hardest 
hardest injuries to come back from um, next to the triple threat, the ACL, MCL, and, you know, mm -hmm. the medial, whatever the other one is. Um, it, it, it really is hard to heal the Achilles tendon. You can't walk. You can't stretch your foot. You can't do squat. So he can want to as much as he wants. His body is going to tell him no. That's, that's just a fact. He will not be able to put pressure on that. He won't even be able to stretch it if he chooses to. It is absolutely brutal. Man. Well, JC actually had a question. He said he actually asked this earlier. Uh, oh, not that's not the that's not the question. <laughs> Just the, reiterating the fact that you beat him to the punch. Um, here it is, right here. Uh, JC said, "I'd love to get both of your guys' perspective on what they're putting up front after what happened with Aaron Rodgers." I'll go ahead take this one. I'll take this one. Um, the coach, as well as the management, seems to be uh, pretty much resigned to sticking with Zach Wilson. Um, I, I don't think that's a bad move. I really don't. Zach Wilson started all of last year. Like most rookies who start their first year, he had a rough season. That's why they brought Aaron in. They thought they had a better chance at making the Super Bowl with him. And they wanted, they wanted Zach to be able to learn from him. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what they wanted. They wanted him to have somebody to learn from for the year, you know, a year or two so that they could then utilize him as their quarterback of the future. Zach Wilson has a lot of talent. He's just an experienced. So getting him a little playing experience on the job here is not the worst thing in the world. We all know Aaron Rodgers was not the most helpful to his underlings and his backups back in Green Bay. That's an understanding. Um, but that has apparently changed a little bit in New York. Rumors are and, and reports are that he is actually um, that he is actually quite. What's it called that he's actually been had a real good relationship with Zach Wilson, that he's been really effusive in his praise for him and how he's been working out. And I think he'll still kind of guide him a little bit and mentor him given he won't be able to be on the field all the time. Now he's going to be in recovery, but I think they're going to end up sticking with Wilson. I really do. I think they'll let him learn a little bit and grow. And, you know, if they bring Rogers back next year and he comes back strong, then they'll have somebody with more experience. Who's more ready to take over. If God forbid Aaron's body breaks down again. Rogers was a whiny little child in Green, in Green Bay. Bay. Absolutely. That's the, reason, that's the reason why he was pissed that they went ahead and drafted Jordan Love. That's the reason why he never taught Jordan Love anything because he was pissed at management for drafting him. Jordan Love had nothing to do with it. He was just somebody that they drafted to, to go ahead and blame the kid by not teaching him anything, but not helping him out. That's just Rogers being petty. He was just being petty for what happened, you know, but you know what? I'm proud of Jordan love. He came out on his own and he was successful this past week. We'll see how he continues to be in the coming weeks. Green Bay Packers have are doing a complete rebuild, brand new, younger team with a younger coach, younger quarterback. We'll see how they do. And I would be so happy if the Packers actually go all the way. I doubt it. They will, but you know, I mean, let's be realistic here. You know, we have a lot of bigger teams that are kicking ass that we all know will kick ass. I mean, you know, as far as fantasy football goes, yeah, we're not going to talk about last week, but as fast <laughs> as the rest of the NFL, whatever. 
okay? It's one week, all right? Get over yourself. Jesus. I hate you so much. That's the news in case we haven't heard it. I want to uh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to the Navarro Miller Report. I am your host, Dave Navarro, along with this pain in my ass forever. I'm Jeremy Miller. We'll go ahead and see you guys next week. Next Friday, we will be here as usual from 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Wanted to go ahead and wish everybody a wonderful weekend, and we will see you all next time. You have been listening to The Navarro Miller Report. This episode of the Navarro Miller Report was brought to you by the Dorkening Podcast Network and sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee.